Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Practice Launch Podcast, where we help you launch your startup, your acquisition, uh, with the most success that you can possibly imagine through marketing, through treatment plan, uh, you know, uh, walkthroughs and, and business coaching, all of these different topics that we hit on on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel. Be sure to like uh, um, and subscribe on our actual podcast, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, really excited today. Everybody always wants to know how can we get patients to accept treatment? You know, you, you built, you put all the work in, you build this plan and you know, the patient needs this. How do we actually get them to comprehend, understand the importance of the, their treatment plan, uh, be able to digest that and ultimately move forward with treatment. And that's what we're going to be talking about today with my guest, who is the CEO of Oryx, Dr. Rania Saleh. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I recently had a demo of Oryx and I was I was blown away by it, um, and, and which is why we're having you on here because I saw a lot of value in the software and how it can help practice owners. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about you and you're a dentist, you know, what led you down this path to being the CEO of a dental software company? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it was not planned to have a software company. I was a dentist. I was happy in my practice. Uh, I started as an associate dentist, like many uh, of your listeners would start. And um, as I was doing that, I went to Panky Spear. I wanted to become a better dentist. And then I ended up at the Koi Center. And I really liked how John does his treatment planning um, on the evidence-based literature. So I started practicing that kind of dentistry. Um, and it was a bit hard to implement in a practice that wasn't mine. So I decided to have my own startup practice. Um, it was in the middle of the financial crisis, 2009, um, that I started the idea and I decided to go full fee for service. Everyone thought I was crazy, but <laughs> I did it anyway. Uh, and I was doing a very comprehensive exam on every patient. I was giving every patient a personalized report when I finished. Um, and that helped me grow my practice tremendously. So every treatment plan was almost accepted. Um, every patient was referring me someone, giving me a five-star review. So I was able to really grow the practice, hire more associates, start another location and then a third. And um, things were going really well. I got pregnant, had to be on bed rest, uh, and my practice went in free fall. And I couldn't figure out what was going on because we still had the same number of new patients coming in. We were still marketing the same. We still have all the same people. What I realized was the exam and the treatment planning is what was really different. Um, and this is how I started a mini software, just doing exam and treatment plan uh, to help my associates diagnose the same way I had learned at the Quay Center. And this is how the software kind, the idea kind of started. I started showing it to other people. Everyone was interested in it. The Oryx was born. So this all started as kind of a, a way where you were personalizing the way 
that you were presenting your treatment plans to patients, which led to some of that tremendous growth that you had talked about in your practices. What was different that you feel like you were doing in your treatment plan presentation at that time versus maybe what was you know traditionally uh, taught or was seen in dentistry? Yeah, so um, I think when you explain to the patient the diagnosis first, it's very hard very easy for them to say yes to your treatment plan because they understand where it's coming from. The mistake I feel a lot of dentists do and I did before is we look, we kind of make the diagnosis very quickly in our head, which is typically the right diagnosis. Uh, and we're always rushed. So we, we tend the patient very, very quickly. You need the crown, you need the filling, you need this, you need that. And for them, it's like, why do I need all of this? And we don't always have the time to explain it. Or sometimes it's the treatment coordinator just telling them, this is what you need. They go home and they're like, I need $10,000 worth of treatment. Um, and they have no idea why. And I felt that going through a very systematic exam and giving the patient the risk assessment, understanding that uh, your bite and jaw joint is doing great, but we have some issues with your guts. And that's why, like we have X bleeding points, we have your bone is not where we would like it to be at your age. And that's why we need to do this treatment. Patients understand where that's coming from. And owning uh, their condition before you present a treatment plan, I feel is extremely important. So do you feel then that maybe it sounds like one of the mistakes that um, maybe dentists make is is jumping into here's what needs to be done too quickly then before the patient actually understands, I think you had mentioned risk level. I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that and, and why you think that's so powerful for the patient to really understand that before you present the treatment. So uh, I'll take a step back. So when you... When you do an exam in Oryx or when the patient starts with Oryx, they book their appointments either online or they call the office, they're completing forms. And just going through the forms, the medical and dental history, their picture-based, very engaging, the patient is understanding their condition. So we're asking them, like, do your gums bleed sometimes? Um, do you, uh, are you happy with the way your teeth look? Are you ever ashamed to smile? Uh, things that would give us an idea where the patient is at. And, and it's, it's a great starting point for the dentist. And it makes them think about their condition. Then we go through a very systematic exam that takes about seven minutes. Um, and the software would uh, spit out a risk assessment that you can either explain to the patient or the patients can take. So that risk assessment goes over four different categories. One is their gums. Uh, and it's all written in patient-friendly terms. So they're going to read about their gums and bone health, and they understand it's either green, I'm low risk, I'm healthy, I don't have to worry about it, or high risk. And then we go to their teeth hub, and we're going to tell them, like, you have these large restorations on four of your teeth, and that puts you at a high risk of fracturing these teeth. Now, because your bite is not ideal, that's putting you at an even higher risk. And we talk then about their bite and jaw joint and their smile. Um, and it's very easy for them to understand it. And dividing the risk that way makes the patient feel good about certain things like, okay, I'm doing great in three categories. It's only one that I need to focus on. So you're separating that and they understand that 
uh, we can't do Invisalign for you, or we cannot do this before we fix the, these other issues or the other way around. So, so it distills it to the patient where they can understand it super easy and they have the report in their hands. So when they go home, they have time to read it, to think about it. A lot of times patients in the chair are not listening. They just want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> so, so, so it's a good way to have that report. So, you know, you obviously saw an opportunity here. You saw that from your own experience, which is the most powerful uh, form of motivation that you can have when you were on bed rest and, and maternity leave, you know, you saw the impact of the treatment plan acceptance in the practice, um, what the impact to the bottom line was, mm -hmm. right? You, you said you received about the same number of new patients and all of this, but the revenue was down. When did you think... There, there, there's something here. Like I, I've got something here that could benefit not only myself and my team, but you know, hundreds of dentists across the country. When did that kind of moment hit for you, and what really led you to say, "I'm going to start this"? So, so the moment was kind of when I was losing a hundred thousand dollars a month. I was like, "I need to do something." That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was my alarm. Uh, it was speaking to everyone in the practice. So I'm speaking to the front desk and they're saying, we're still getting the same calls. Patients are still coming. Uh, then speaking to the associates and this is where the disconnect was reviewing the treatment plans. Like, oh, this patient has X bleeding points. Why didn't we suggest this? Or this patient has uh, these very large restorations because we were scanning patients, taking photos on every patient. Why didn't we propose that treatment plan? Did they understand that? Um, and then I had my uh, main assistant sitting with the, uh, with the associates and she was like, oh, they don't explain it the same way you do. Uh, and this is when I'm like, okay, we, we need to all be on the same page. And uh, this is when I started asking the associate, like, are you convinced that this is the right? Uh, treat, we all need to come to the same diagnosis. There's only one diagnosis. You can defer on your treatment options depending on where you went to school and how you like to treat. Are you very conservative? Are you not as conservative? But we all have to at least come to the same diagnosis. Um, and this is how I realized that since no one has a systematic approach, we need to at least have systems to come up to it to one diagnosis for the patient. Yeah. What's been some of the feedback that you've gotten? Because at what year did Oryx officially go live? Uh, so 2016, we started the company and it took maybe a year and a half to get to, um, uh, originally we thought we would do only uh, patient forms, medical dental history, and the clinical exam. And we tried to integrate it with the major software companies, but the integration was always clunky. It wasn't a very easy process. Uh, and I was very naive. I thought, oh, we'll just create a full-on practice management software, not knowing how extensive it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, software development's not for the faint of heart. So I've been told. Um, so there's a lot there, but you all have obviously put a lot of work into that. What's been some of the uh, feedback that you've gotten from other dentists about this software 
And how have, like, just from what you've heard, how has this been uh, beneficial to other offices out there where you were able to see, wow, you know, here's a proof of concept, right? It's not just me. Anybody can really do this. Um, What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from those who've been, you know, maybe using this for a few years now? So every dentist would tell you this become, uh, this software becomes one of their their biggest marketing tools. Uh, And it's mostly internal marketing. Like patients get this report, they go and they rave about it. Uh, they've never seen anything like it before. So they're taking it to work, showing it to coworkers, showing it to friends, to family members. They're telling people, this is the kind of experience I'm getting. Um, and I used to only print that report out for patients that had a lot of issues because I'm thinking like, you know, they need to go and read it and understand it. And we found that patients with no issues are the ones going and sharing that report with others. They're going on social media and saying like, I get my A plus on my report card. Uh, so, so it becomes a very good referral source from the report and just from going through that experience. Like people start thinking, why didn't my previous dentist do this? Um, and I always think to myself, your previous dentist probably did this. You just didn't know it. So it adds a lot of value to the exam. Um, and patients just love it. Uh, the other part where we've seen a lot of differences, people started to implement this on their website, uh, talking about the patient journey and the patient experience. When you come to our office, we're going to examine you in these four different areas. You're going to walk out with this report completely understanding your condition. You're going to have a lot of say in your treatment. You're going to be better educated. So, um, so it's a great way of marketing your office. And that's the feedback that we're always hearing. Do you have any, and maybe this is just from your own experience when you were um, practicing versus when your associates uh, were working uh, for you when you were off, but kind of what the treatment case acceptance rate difference was from not, you know, presenting treatment this way versus, you know, having the, these reports and the grades and things like that. Was there any big like percentage increase when using it or decrease when not using that strategy or any testing behind that? I, I'm I'm curious if you really saw you know big changes. I mean, you obviously did from the revenue side of things. Curious if you had any data on that. So yeah, like uh, we surveyed some of our users and they all see it, say that they see an increase in case acceptance and. The increase is coming from the report. Also, they say if they have an associate that, that doesn't have great verbal skills, they're reviewing that. The other thing that a lot of our offices would tell you that it gets everyone on the same page. So we have uh, in my practice or in any practice that we onboard, we ask them to have everyone read that report uh, from front desk to hygienist to assistants. And then everyone is on the same page of for the treatment. So the patient is not hearing mixed messages from front to back. Like, you know, sometimes you recommend the crown, the patient goes to the front and then uh, Julie might say, oh, that's fine. Like we'll do a filling this year and maybe next year or in a few years when your finances are better, we're going to do that crown. Now they understand the risk and they're going to tell the patient the exact same wording. Uh, Your tooth is structurally compromised. So we're putting it at a higher risk going with the filling versus a crown. 
my recommendation would be to do a crown just like the doctor recommended. Um, so, so it helps standardize the care. And I feel like when you, you do that and there's that consistency there, it leads to less, um, unsureness from, from the patient. Cause if the patient hears something different from the doctor, from what they hear from the treatment coordinator, it probably, uh, it, it compromises trust maybe a little bit too there. Right. But with this, everybody being on the same page, everybody reading these reports, there's that consistency, which is only, I would think, going to continue to build trust with the patient. Absolutely. We always see that. And the other thing that we hear from patients, we surveyed a lot of patients also. So the patients would say that every time I go to the doctor, it seems like I have something new. And doing that comprehensive exam, uh, you're telling the patient ahead of time, like these are all the issues. We don't have to tackle it all today, but this is our plan for the next five years. Or where do you want to start with the most important stuff? So they're not surprised when they come two years later and you say, you know, that feeling that was so-so now might be a good time to replace it. Or uh, we discussed that a few years ago and now that we stabilized your gum, maybe it's time for us to move to that stage. But they heard all of this and they have the copy of it, like from a medical legal perspective. Also, you're very protected because you've done this very thorough examination. Uh, that's in a way your consent form. You told the patient uh, everything they need to know about their condition. One thing that you said I thought was interesting was how you know, they get the score or the grade of the, you know, their oral health. It almost gamifies that the process, which we all, I think it's just innate in, you know, human beings. We love, you know, games and being able to kind of compete. Was that strategically done so that the patient can best understand and try to increase their, their score maybe for their next visit? What was the thinking behind that? Yeah. I, uh, so we read a, a lot about the gamification and healthcare, and we saw that patients are likely to do more about uh, their health conditions when they have a starting point and they need to get better. Uh, and this is, and a lot of thought went into um, getting to these scores. So I worked a lot with uh, Dr. John Coyce to get uh, these numbers correct. Because a lot affects these numbers. I said many variables like very there, right? Time <laughs> get them to where they they make a lot of sense. And and when someone gets like a score of 20%, they're kind of like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would also wonder, you know, from just like the, the practitioner's view of this, I would imagine it would make their job easier. You mentioned earlier how you know, some people, they know exactly what needs to be done. They know why it needs to be done for the patient, but maybe they have just a hard time conveying that message and communicating that message. Um, I feel like with something like this, where you have visuals that the patient can see for themselves, it eases that process. Have you received any feedback on that? And if that's helped maybe those who were struggling with getting their point across? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you just try to Google a scaling a scan, 
and you're going to see a lot of people saying, yeah, deep cleaning is a scam. Don't ever believe that. You shouldn't do it. Uh, and when you give patient a list of ADA codes and prices, this is what they're going to do. Like, should I do this or that? And they're getting the opinion of random people online saying, uh, my doctor wanted to do a deep cleaning. I went to another one and he did the profi and you should never accept the treat, uh, this kind of treatment. Uh, giving the patient that report is showing them this is your, like the panel goes on that report. This is where your bone level is. That's why we're recommending that treatment. They have all the literature embedded in patient-friendly terms. So they're understanding where your treatment is coming from. Did I answer your question? Yep. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things that I was looking at just from um, your website that I had pulled up here was you know, the different things that are also included in this. Like we've just talked about the uh, you know, how it helps with, uh, case acceptance, but there's also what, you know, online you know, scheduling, there's a number of different things that are included in this. What was the thinking and was it trying to just make this as comprehensive as possible? Because, you know, as a marketing company, that's one of the things that we hear from a lot of our offices is, you know, they have you know, software for this, and then they have a different software for this and then for this. And so there's a lot of different things that are going into, you know, the, to build the whole system. What was the mindset behind trying to bring, you know, the, the future of dentistry with online scheduling and these type of features into Oryx, as well as from the case, you know, acceptance uh, portion of it? So, uh, as I said before, we tried to have it only as a clinical piece to integrate with other software. We realized that the patient experience is like from start to finish. Booking that appointment online, it's that continuity. Um, a lot of software would allow you to have the forms and our forms integrate as you're doing the exam. So uh, you're looking at the gums, it's going to pop, uh, you're going to have a pop-up of a dental history telling you the patient said that their gums bleed. You're doing the joint exam. A pop-up will come and tell you the patient said that their jaw pops. So, so you have that extra relationship with the patient. And it goes on the way to uh, sending the claim to the insurance company, auto-attaching uh, everything that you need for the claim to go faster. Uh, so we realized the process has to be seamless. And also a lot of market research were the biggest complaint of dentists at this point. Before it was, we have our on-premise software and I'm going to buy 10 different solutions and make it work together. Now, as we have cloud software, the biggest complaint is, I don't want to buy 10 different solutions. I want my software to do everything for me and to do it seamlessly. Um, and this is where the idea, of, uh, we need to be an all-in-one uh, practice and clinical management software. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I liked about it from just when I did my demo too, was you have all of these um, features in the software, but you also had some really uh, visually appealing uh, goals, analytics numbers for the practice that from you know the marketing company side of things, we love that kind of data. We love being able to see that and having all of that you know in one. And I think that's a good maybe segue to our listeners who are maybe new practice owners or considering being practice owners. 
you know, the, the numbers and these type of things, tracking your analytics and knowing your cost for new patients and all of these different things are not necessarily taught in dental school, right? These are things that you kind of learn by the, the school of hard knocks or, or a great mentor. Can you just discuss a little bit about why that was such a big component too, and having all of these integrations into one, but then being able to see hygiene department, the doctor's production all in kind of one uh, place and, and how beneficial do you feel like that is as a practice owner yourself? So, so I'll tell you, like when I was losing a hundred thousand dollars, I was like many of, uh, of the dentists out there. I had no idea why I was losing that. And I, uh, when we started developing this, this state in my mind, like as dentists, we don't always look at all the metrics that we should be looking at. Am I, um, losing production because the influx of new patients is decreased. Is it the referrals that are decreased? Is it the treatment acceptance? So there are multiple areas that you have to track to see where the system is failing. Um, and we need to make it very easy. So like you, you present a treatment plan, it goes presented, accepted, uh, in progress, um, patient wants to delay it. So follow up or completely rejected and the reasons for rejections. So you start seeing a lot of rejections because of pricing, then you might think, okay, maybe I'm highly priced on these procedures for my area. Um, we collect a lot of data that is very actionable. Uh, you look at your dashboard and you know right away, like with the hygiene we have, uh, and that's the beauty of tracking risk. Um, we have this many patients that, I, that are high risk but we only have 10% of the patients that are on a maintenance program versus profi. So that makes it a much easier conversation with the hygienist that uh, we have 20% of our patients that actually need maintenance that are on a profi program um, and we need to work on that. So, so I think once you have the number, the numbers don't lie. That's, and that's exactly it. And that's what we tell you know, offices we work with too. It's like, once you have enough data that, you know, the data can, can help you predictably scale the practice. And that's a perfect example. And it's what we tell our offices too. After we have enough data, we know, okay, if we spend, you know, $2,000 a month on this campaign, and after a while, we know what our cost per new patient in the chair is. We know what the average, you know, uh, case acceptance is of that type of campaign for that particular patient. Then you start to figure out what your cost per you know, conversion is. And once you know that it's, you know, it's just math from there, right? It's scaling that up. And this is something in the software that, that allows you to be able to see those numbers. So you can more predictably scale your practice rather than trying to you know throw darts at the wall and, and see what, you know, hits. And I, I think that's something that we're going to be seeing more and more dentists, especially this, these younger dentists that are coming up, they're hearing this in the Facebook groups and their communities about how important tracking your numbers are. And I think this is something we're going to see happening more in dentistry, which is a great thing. Uh, we're starting to run out of time here. There's so much we could cover that we just didn't get a chance to, but really what I would love for you to do is um, for our listeners, they're, they're hearing this and they're like, you know, I want to, I want to see what Oryx is about and see maybe how it can help them in their practice what's the best way that they can uh, get a time scheduled to learn all about it? Yeah, they can go to oryxdentalsoftware.com and book a demo. 
that would be and it's o-r-y-x for everybody listening so oryx o-r-y-x book that demo like i said i did one myself uh it was very thorough easy to understand visually uh, i haven't seen anything you know quite like it with all the integrations and things that are, are built right into that software so highly highly recommend um checking that out and Ed, before we leave, this is something I always like to ask my guests, you know, as somebody who's open to practice, multiple practices, now you own you know, a, a software you know, company too. Um, what's one big lesson if, if somebody is considering today, you know, purchasing their first practice, starting their own practice, whatever it may be, and, and you were, you know, 25 year old, you or however you know, old when you were considering this in your mind. What's one big piece of advice that you would give to that new dentist considering starting their own practice? Go for it. Just just go for it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to do it, uh, but I think if someone has the has the passion for it for opening a practice, they should just go for it. And of course, do your research. Like, uh, make sure you're opening in the right spot. Try demographics. Um, that fits your vision. Yeah, great advice. I had, was having the same conversation with a friend of mine, and I said, starting a business is kind of like having a kid. Uh, you know, kind of when you want one, but you are never going to be 100% ready for it. You know, it, there's never the 100% perfect time to start a business or to have a child. You know, it's just one of those things that just you kind of learn as you go, get mentorship, get guidance however you can, wherever you can and and go for it i i love that actually so. i'd like to add one thing that was super important to me and not not because i'm on your podcast but invest in marketing uh when i started no one was doing adwords um in 2009 or 2010 uh we were spending 10 to fifteen thousand dollars on adwords uh and this also had like when my husband told me this is what you need to spend, I, I fainted them like no one spends this much on marketing, especially back then. Uh, but when you're not known, you really need to to get your name out there. And marketing is the first way to go until you build your pipeline, you build your reviews and and you get your name. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, marketing is brings the patients in and then those patients should refer other patients and you know, that's kind of how the the cycle starts. So great advice there. Invest in yourself, invest in your marketing, invest in your practice. Definitely go give Oryx uh, a, a try. Do the demo. Again, you know, I've seen it all in this industry over the years, and I highly recommend going and checking this out. And thank you so much, Dr. Sela, for, for hopping on here with us today and sharing this. And um, yeah, maybe we'll have to bring you back on again soon and, and go through some of these other uh, hidden gems that you I'm sure could share with us that we just didn't have time to hit through today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me.